Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 290. Today is August 23rd, 2023. Guys, we got a good show. Oh, we got a good show today. It's always good with this guest. Um, she's a revivalist. She's an evangelist, missionary, author, and the list goes on and on. Mother, wife, friend, mentor. We could keep going, uh, but she's also the director of Saturate Global. Give it up for our guest today, director of Saturate Global, Jesse Green. Jesse, hi. <laughs> you kill me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just got to spice it up. You got to, you got to. I love it. I love know. it. I wouldn't expect anything less from you, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, how are you? You've been pretty busy. Yeah, actually really good. We, um, for the whole month of July, we actually, our whole office shuts down and we do a four sabbatical nice. for our entire staff. Wow. Um, and uh, we literally close the offices for a month. We don't post on social for a month and, uh, it's a really good time to just pray, refocus, and make sure that we're staying in step with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, especially leading a revival ministry, it's really easy to just get into the habit of doing something because it works mm -hmm. and it might just not be what God's doing anymore. So we really want to make sure we prioritize prayer. So we're just coming out of that season. Wow, man. That sounds, that sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. We, yeah. went, to, we went to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... Yeah. My whole family is very tan right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You. Yes. We were saying you have a nice golden glow about you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we've been pretty much at the pool or beach almost every single day. So it's been amazing. But I, I said to my assistant, I was like, man, like we're definitely getting into fall because there's just so much on the horizon and, and even like different zoom calls I've been on with different prophetic leaders in the nation. There's just like so much on the precipice that's about to like be happening. And I was on a call two weeks ago with Lou Engel and I'm just like weeping on the call. Wow. Um, just some of the things that the Lord's talking to different people in the body of Christ about. Mm -hmm. So it makes me excited and then also nervous. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that too. I mean, it is excitement, but there's there's there is a little bit of nervousness because I just feel like there's a lot. It it totally. feels a bit like a loaded a loaded cannon ready to just you know. Totally. So, it's like or like when you shake up a uh, a bottle of carbonated beverage and then With you're the like Mentos? Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Where you know it's just a matter of time before the pressure gives way. So, um, do you feel like the fall is often like that of just like there's, uh, or is this one different? I, you know, it's interesting. I, it, it's funny that you even mentioned that because I've been recently teaching, um, our church and staff about like identifying rhythms and seasons. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds almost obvious, but sometimes the most obvious things aren't obvious. Right. Yeah. But I do think that, um, the Lord follows um, seasons and ebbs and flows like we see in nature. And I do feel like the fall usually is a time of like, um, like preparing new strategies, lots of blueprints, ideas, 
things getting worked out, kinks getting like worked out. And then it always feels like January, there's like another new push. And then September, there's like all these things just like popping like for the whole spring. Um, so it always feels like spring is like hectic. Um, cause it's like, there's like new birth, like new things going on. Um, lots of like birthing of new ministries. Um, we see lots of like fruit in a revival actually in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird. Cause you could do like the same event in the same place. And it just seems like there's more harvest and growth in the months where there's like harvest and growth. Yeah. Like literally. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you released, you said you released a prophetic where we were talking backstage, released a prophetic word that you also want to, to re-release, I guess, on here, talk about. So go for it. Yeah. So, um, before we even chatted, I re- I've just been, so when I get a word from the Lord, unless it's like, like an open vision, I usually am like pretty cautious with sharing it. Usually mm-hmm. want to test it. Um, and I just give it some time. And so this word I actually got in June and honestly, I've just been taking time to just meditate on it, um, seeking counsel on it. But the last few months, as I'm praying into it, the Lord is just revealing like this is very much like a now word. And so I actually shared it on my Instagram this morning because I felt there was an urgency even to it being shared going into September. Hmm. Um, and so the word was, I really be- believe like we're about to see a massive, massive harvest when it comes to um, women in the entrepreneurial space, women in the marketplace specifically, and specifically even in network marketing. So I've been talking to several, several women that are seeing massive salvations and moves of God in network marketing, which um, oftentimes, uh, like not to be stereotypical, but a lot of times it's like your stay-at-home mom that's kind of doing it on the side. And what's interesting is, is the Lord's really moving in these like micro communities Hmm. of network marketing. And there's this like discipleship movement that's happening behind the scenes here. And so I've just been kind of paying attention to it and um, recently um, had the opportunity to go to Nashville and went to this one business event and uh, two girls that I know that are in full-time ministry um, hosted an event connected to this ministry event. And what happened was literally all of these women that were in the business world ended up coming to this, what they called an encounter night. And, uh, none of these women had any grid at all for the Holy spirit, for prophecy. And they were all just there to learn more like business tools and leadership tools And all of a sudden, the two women I know started just prophesying over these women, giving them words of knowledge, praying for healing, praying for miracles. And the Holy Spirit just like started to move like crazy in this like business conference. Hmm. And I literally just sat there and I felt the presence of God so strongly. I just started to weep. And I was like, this feels like what revival feels like. But like John Maxwell was one of the speakers. Everything was about like leadership development. No one even mentioned Jesus. And uh, they just created this like little moment um, for this opportunity. And the Holy Spirit just like moved in crazy power. 
And since then, that was in June, I just felt like the Lord was saying that he's really going to start to give favor to women if they will not make this about their own selfish ambitions, which is obviously the bait with network marketing is, you know, you have the pendulum swing of like worshiping mammon, right? Or, you know, pursuing your own things. But there's this like move of like radical generosity happening, like people buying cars for people, people buying vacations for people. And I just feel like the Lord's doing something. And what's interesting, Jeff, is um, I was talking to one of my friends that has done network marketing for like 10 years. And she said that um, witchcraft and new age is actually really prevalent in the network marketing world. Because like manifesting and stuff like that? Yes. Yes. And like very much like, um, like, like, like creating a vision board and like declare it and positive thinking and all of that. And even like crystals for healing and, um, the slippery slope of how new age and witchcraft goes. Uh And what's interesting is she said to me, she goes, you know, it feels like the church has been afraid to like step into this territory um, because of like fear of man or fear of what people may think she goes. And so literally like the world is just taking over the mindset of these women. And, uh, she's like, I, I just feel like there, there needs to be a shift. And it's interesting out of nowhere. Uh, I just was, um, speaking in California and I met with three women and uh, they all did different network marketing things. All of them were born again, believers And they're all seeing the Holy Spirit move like in power, but it's all like within the last few months. Wow. And so um, it's a very interesting thing to just like be paying attention to. And uh, I just believe like these um, events and conventions and trainings that they do, they gather thousands and thousands of women to these things. And I just keep thinking like, man, this is like such a huge harvest field that is like pretty much untapped at this point. Hmm. Man, honestly, uh, like hearing you talk about this, I'm reminded of a dream I had two years ago, something like that. And it was one of those dreams where like, I never take a dream and assume it's literal. Um, I think that there have to be very specific parameters and that definite confirmation from the Holy spirit to be like, this is literal. Um, because there's so much that God speaks to us in code about our dreams. So I would say, you know, 9.99 out of 10% of my dreams are not literal. Um, but this one, I know that I know that I know was, um, and I actually was like in the future, a couple of years, this had to have been five, six, Cause I was around, I could tell that I was around 40 and I'm okay. 37 now, um, uh, somewhere in like my early forties. Um, I went into this office building. It was like in an industrial area, but it was super modern inside. It was just like really nice business, uh, uh, uh office building. And that I could tell that revival had hit that, that building and that wow. I knew in the dream that this was a normal thing that was happening, not just here in this building, but all over the country and maybe even the world. Um, And so I went in and this office building had actually cleared out a space so that they could hold church services 
in their office buildings. So this wow. was like a normal office building. It was super nice. I could draw like details. Uh, like I could, I know the detailed layout of this office building. Um, and I even like drew a map and everything in my journal because I was like, one of these days I'm going into this building and I'm going to be like, no way. But <laughs> I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be freaking out when it happens. Um, but um, so it, it, I kept thinking about that while you were while you were sharing this word, because I think that that's like these are windows to what is coming, not just I think in the 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 uh, marketplace sphere, multiple spheres, obviously, or mountains, totally. however you want to call it. but. Um, it's really exciting because, I mean, God is speaking this to multiple people right now. Totally. And I think the thing, too, is, again, and we always hear this. You see the quotes about it on social media about, like, we don't want to keep God in a box, right? Mm -hmm. And yet it's so funny how I believe that the Holy Spirit will confront that we still are. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like I even know I've probably prophesied for like seven years that the Lord's going to like move in power in the marketplace. I used to work in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. We would see God do crazy stuff at fashion week. And yet, like, I still, I, I don't know why I still had these mindsets where I was like, okay, like, but when I say marketplace, I mean wall street, the fashion industry, and like these certain places, I don't mean like at a like smoke shop. And I don't mean like a, um, I don't know. Now I can't think of things, but like, yeah. like we can still kind of limit where we think that, that where God's going to move. And even as you're talking about the building thing, I just keep thinking about, you know, a lot of people talk about the Fulton street revival, which was also called the businessman revival, which happened in New York city. And it's like a really famous revival, but not a lot of people talk about it because it was so simple. Hmm. And pretty much this guy started a afternoon prayer um, down in the financial district of New York City and on Fulton Street. And he would just invite people to pray with him at noon. And it was like just a prayer meeting. And the first week, like five people came, then 10 people came. And like after a few months, there was t over 10,000 people coming to this prayer meeting Whoa, daily. Man. <laughs> I know it's and a lot of people don't talk about it because it's almost like it's confronting how simple it is. Mm -hmm. And and he wasn't trying to be in full time ministry. He wasn't trying to do something else. He just was like, I have to be at this office every single day. And I can't attend my church's prayer meeting because I am working this job. So I'm just going to start one. And I really believe, Jeff, that what we're going to see, you know, a lot of people talk about the seven mountains and mm -hmm. um, influencing these fears of like all of that. But I think a lot of it is even just paying attention to like, where are you already? And are you bringing the kingdom of God where you already are? So, um, and this kind of gets into what we're going to talk about a little bit later in regards to, um, really living like a spirit led life that works because I think sometimes these concepts, like, like, like let's take the idea of revival, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we, we really can Jeff like overcomplicate it. 
And we think like revival means I need to have a field of 70,000 people. And like, I just need to like work my way to that happening. And uh, we just keep like praying and praying and mm -hmm. believing and decreeing that like those 70,000 people are going to show up to the field. And yet, like every single day, we're encountering people that need the love of Jesus, that need a healing, that need a miracle. Right. And we're like totally oblivious mm -hmm. to just what's right in front of us. Yeah, because you're like, no, I got other things to do. I have my mandate, and that's to get <laughs> to the 75,000 people in the field, you know? Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. You know, I got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny how we do that, though. Of like, like you were mentioning God in the box, and it's like, you could even be like, dude, I'm so out of the box that like, you don't even know. And then, and, and God then, wants to put you in the box. Well, and or like God reveals, like, I mean, he, he's always like, oh really? And then he's like, what about this? And I'm like, man, like, and then you realize like, there's a still things that we, we still like get locked into a certain fixed point of like, this is the definition for me. And sometimes we do it subconsciously and it's about just oh, God totally. allowing yourself to stay in a perpetual state of discomfort. So that God is able to get that stuff out of you and redefine what that actually means. Okay, Jeff, this is like literally the perfect segue for everything that I want to talk you're about. You're welcome. Holy Spirit perfect. says you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so obviously I shared before that our our staff has been on sabbatical and um one of the things that I like to do when I'm spending time in prayer is I, I like to just open up my journal and allow the Lord to ask me questions. Mm, wow. um, Cause I feel like so much of my life I'm asking God questions Yeah, and it takes, you need to have time and space for the Holy spirit to ask you questions. Um, and uh, I, I wrote actually have, and we'll go through some of them, but I have a bunch of questions that the Holy spirit started to ask me and they were really confronting and I've been sharing some of them on social media, but um, I really believe that this is something that can really help people. Um, okay, so what you were saying earlier, I feel like one of the things that's a hurdle for so many of us is we're many of us as Christians, myself included, um, we're living in this like imaginary world that's not real. Hmm. And yeah. we think we're doing things that we're not doing. Mm -hmm. And we think we're living a Christian life that we're not living. And we just mm -hmm. think that if we keep talking about it, that, that it's real. And I believe that the kindness of the Holy spirit is that, um, he will reveal to us all truth through the word and through his spirit. But we sometimes are just so busy living in our imaginary worlds that we don't mm -hmm. allow that to happen. Yeah. And so the first question I have, and um, I would say I would challenge you for 30 days maybe um, to, to go on this journey with the Holy Spirit because I know things will come up. And a lot of times, if you just take five minutes with it, you'll push it aside because it's uncomfortable. But I really want to encourage you like right now, the Lord is wanting you to come in deeper into the things that he has for you. And I believe that this is a call to not stay in the shallow end of your faith, hmm. but it really is that like deep calls to deep drawing of the Holy Spirit saying like, okay, come on, let's just get a little bit deeper. Let's go in like a little bit more. And so the question that I want you to ask is, 
you just say, Holy Spirit, is there any area in my life that I'm deceived? Hmm. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. And the first few days, (laughs) the first few days, you probably won't hear anything. And the reality is, and this is a harsh truth, but the reality is, is we're probably all deceived in some area. And I'm sure many people have heard this before in messages, but the issue with being deceived is that you don't know that you're deceived. Mm -hmm. And usually when the Holy Spirit will bring something up, your flesh will want to defend it. Um, because it's usually connected with a way that you live your life or a way that you think. And so I, uh, and what's annoying though about the Holy spirit is, is once he reveals that thing to you, he'll continue to confirm it. So all of a sudden you'll be reading something in the word. And then you're like, wait a minute. I don't remember reading that. And then someone will bring up something in a conversation. You're like, wait a minute. And, and he'll show you that it really is him speaking to you that you're deceived And it's just another opportunity for like greater freedom. But I think that a lot of us just kind of avoid that because we want to think what we think. We want to do things the way that we're doing it. And we don't just ever allow that like prodding of the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a zinger, Jesse. And actually I'm reminded of, um, just a, a, this is, I don't know. I mean, this is like a theological one uh, for me that happened within the last year. Actually, I used to say everyone is, everyone is God's children, but that's not what Romans teaches us. Uh, and I actually <laughs> got super convicted because I'm like, how many times have I said this and also read this passage and it just didn't click? but there's actually parameters on what qualifies you as a child of God. And it's actually pertaining to those who have reconciled, who have actually repented and have come back to the father. It says they are children of God. And I was like, Oh yeah. It's like in plain <laughs> English right there in, in Romans chapter eight. Uh, I'm uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. It's like, I have like a bunch of notes on my Bible. Uh, yeah. So it says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. That's what Paul says. And he says it numerous times in Romans chapter eight. So if you want to read it for yourself, go check it out. Uh, but that was an example for me. That was more like a theological one. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of other, if I actually thought about it, I'm sure there'd be a lot of other zingers. I don't know if you have any zingers, Jesse. Oh, I will say, okay. So it's so funny that you brought up Romans because Um, so our church, we just, we've been going through Romans chapter by chapter each week. It's so amazing. Like I've been, I've been, yeah. Also, if you want to know if you're deceived, read Romans slowly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because there were so many things where I was like, and I had to have tough conversations with my husband Parker, where I was like, man, like, okay, I really do believe that like the whole Bible is the word of God. And it's not for me to pick and choose like what's my favorite, but there are some verses where you're like, I don't know how I feel about that, uh but I like, if it's true, then that means that like my feelings are maybe not true. And uh, I would definitely say like 
most of Romans is going to be confronting any deception that you have. And here's the thing, the, uh, and this is like not even what we're talking about, but I just love that the Holy Spirit's bringing this up because I do think that this is a word for a lot of people is, you know, maybe reading Romans slowly um, and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And if there's anything maybe that um, you don't agree with or feels like a trigger to you or feels like you wouldn't want to like preach that or share that, maybe like circle it and like allow the Holy Spirit to give you more revelation on that. Mm. Because I think too, what we can easily do is um, Sunday, um, listening to a sermon or especially now with social media, we just take like the bite-sized clips of Romans and we're like, oh, love that verse. Yes. Like, yeah, we like while, we were, while we were all sinners, Christ died for us. Perfect. Now we like totally ignore Romans six and the whole fact that we need to like stop sinning. Right. And Romans six says like, you should live free from sin mm -hmm. and have you're those no who have died to you. sin. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and then I'm like, okay, so it's literally saying that we should, we have an opportunity to live a totally sinless life. So then if I have any sin in my life, then that's not according to God's will. So something's wrong. And that like kills the whole like hyper grace message right there in Romans right. six. But yeah. I don't think that we take the time to allow those scriptures to search us. Yeah. And so I would say, A, asking the Holy Spirit what areas you're deceived in. And then just like Jeff mentioned, like, you know, there might be stuff that you're sharing on social media or that you're preaching and it's not true. Right. And I, I've had that happen so many times. And uh, it like even just theology of like God, God's made us all equal. Mm -hmm. And the reality is like he hasn't. He loves us all equally, but he he has like we all have different talents, giftings, callings anointings that's like one that really could confront a lot of people we're not all equally anointed right and right. the fact that the lord actually is allowed to choose and it, it even says in romans like can the clay say to the potter like what are you doing and it's like we really have no right to even be like well god that's not fair right i want to be a famous evangelist and the lord's like no i want you to do whatever I want you to do, you know? And so it's just, it's super confronting because we we want to be more in charge, I think, than the scripture will allow us. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and it's, I think a lot of that it's a, it's a, it's a tainting of the actual thing that God gave us, which is free will. But he also knew that to actually have a, a, a meaningful, a, a real relationship with you know, creation with someone is to have free will. If you're forcing someone or programming them to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Well, they're just a robot, right? Or they're just right. controlled to do something. And so I do see like in there, I'm like, that's where Satan has taken our free will and distorted it and corrupted, totally. you know, all, twisted it is, is, is giving us this idea that, I mean, we are made for a purpose. God does we're, we're made to worship like like the, the and, and to be in relationship, but it's like, there's this thing from the world standard of looking at that and being like, well, I don't, that's crazy. 
you know, like what am I, what a, what a narcissist, you know? And it's like, see, but that's the thing we're interpreting it through our right. sin filled world. We're interpreting it through that lens. Wow. Um, you know? Wow. So, yeah. And I think that's the, again, that's the, um, playing ground for deception. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and I think that's how we're all so easily deceived is that we do filter things through, um, our own flesh, our own experiences, you know, we'll say like, oh, well, I don't believe God could ever do that because maybe I would never do that. But you and God are not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so there are things that he's doing that sometimes we just will never understand. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of like the whole paradox of Christianity is like you seek him for wisdom and understanding, but you also just may not always understand. Yeah. And, and you have to kind of live in that tension. Right. And it, it's odd though, because I actually love the, the, I love the mystery. I love that. I think because we're dealing with an infinite being us being finite, you know, at least in our, our flesh, um, that there's more to know you know, and that there's always going to be more to know, um, because God, you know, you're never going to attain that level that God is at. He's God, you know, and, and to me, cause I love learning and I love like, so to me, it's exciting to know that there's mystery totally. out there and there's a hunger there of like, there's always going to be more to know. And rather than that can drive some people crazy who have to know everything, but if you can <laughs> shift to a place of going, hang on, like, this is actually exciting. This isn't actually something that should frustrate me. Um, it maybe it frustrates you in a fun way of just like, ah, oh, man, I want to know. I want to, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, uh, but going back really quick to um, another thing that you know, uh, being deceived in a certain way. I, I'll never forget there was something that you posted uh, within the past. I think it was within the past year, this year sometime. It was um, you did did a reel of in Romans, you were talking about, um, I think it was like the version Bible app, uh, had given a, a, a quick little thing on baptism and, yeah. and, um, and how, you know, we say, Oh, it's a symbol of us dying and rising again, but you're like, not according to Romans six. It actually, <laughs> you're dead. You're dead. Like you're identifying, like you're dying with Christ, you know? And if you guys are curious about it, read Romans or Romans chapter six verses, I think it's like around like one, one basically like one through uh, 14 are really like the the meat of that of just yeah. kind of the whole his, Paul's whole you know kind of point that he's making about that so check that out Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 14 if you want to read that for yourself it's really important you know it's like I always try to tell people like hey it's one thing for me to say hey it says this but like go look at it, go look at it for yourself you know uh, just like if you see any wonky legislation and you just are listening to people tell you this, did you know that in this article, <laughs> such and such, and you go, no way. And I'm like, guess what? There's nothing there. You know what I mean? Like, go read it for yourself. You know, like, it's really important. So, um, but I digress. You said two things that are so good, Jeff, that I want to touch on too. And it's funny because even like your discussion about like, do you feel frustrated when you, when you don't know something or does it make you excited? And it's so funny because this morning um, I was actually reading The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Yes. And that, so, good. so good. If you haven't read it, go read it. Go to Amazon right now and go buy it. But 
Um, he actually talks about exact, and I just read it this morning, what you just brought up and about how essentially like it's the religious age and the spirit of religion that makes you feel like, um, you don't want to inquire any further. You don't want to like search out any more. Um, even telling you that you should just feel like settled or satisfied because you're saved. And that's like what being thankful is all about. And he says, like, no, that is not God's desire for you. Yeah. Like, yes, it is God. It is by faith that you are saved and it is not by your own works. But in response to that salvation, in response to the thankfulness, all of a sudden now we have this desire and pursuit for the depths, for the intimacy, for the deep knowing. And I think that's what changes your mindset from frustration about what you don't know, which is that spirit of religion versus that, that relationship, that spirit of adoption. That's like, man, I don't know, but I want to know. And I know there's so much more to know. And Holy Spirit, just even if this takes me a thousand lifetimes, I, I just want to know all that you have and all that you are. And I believe that that's what most of our eternity is, is just discovering more about Christ. And it's literally like, we know this in Revelation, everyone talks about it, how the elders are around the throne and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I once heard it preached that literally that it's all that they can say because just the revelation that's coming from the throne room is so overwhelming. The mysteries are so overwhelming. The love is so overwhelming that all they can respond back is holy, holy, holy. And I think that we don't need to wait till we're in eternity to live in that position where, you know, and that's what I love about you, Jeff. And what I love about Elijah Fire is, it's this invitation to believers where it's like, there's so much to discover about God. So like, let's go on this journey together. Mm -hmm. Let's search this stuff out together. And I believe that, and this is like a little prophetic word for you right now, Jeff, but I, I just believe that what the Lord's establishing with Elijah fire really is this invitation for Gen Z and for millennials to not just take the clickbait social media posts that you see, the TikToks that sound good, that appeal to your offenses, appeal to your flesh, mm -hmm. but they're not rooted in any truth. And I know that with you, you're always inviting people into a deeper journey mm -hmm. to really discover who God is, what he's doing and yeah. how to engage in what he's doing. Mm. And so I think that this, um, it's just, again, it, it's, it's confronting the ways that we can be deceived of even settling in our salvation wow. and not realizing that the salvation is the first invitation to this now brand new life of discovery. Mm, amen. Yeah. I mean, that's it too. Cause I feel like, you know, I've hung out with um, some good friends of mine over the span of a couple of months and, and we're, you know, it's like when you haven't hung out with, and they could even be believers, but when you haven't hung out with certain believers for a while, and then you realize, cause you're in different circles now, you realize like, whoa, I've changed. Like <laughs> I've, I notice a change within myself. Um, and I, I just think, you know, and it sort of to that deception thing you're talking about, I think that stagnation yields 
it's not the only way you can get deceived because obviously I just voiced some stuff that I was like, oh man, I was totally like off kilter on, on this theological beat um, of right. whatever it is. But um, I do think that stagnation from personal experience yields itself to stagnation or yields itself to deception. So stagnation totally. can actually yield itself to deception because you're not burning. You're not like, right. you're just, you're a, a lukewarm amorphous blob of a Christian and, and we don't want that, you know? And so I it, think it's for, true though. Yeah. But I think for me, it's like, I just like, number one, I don't want to be put on a pedestal by people. So I'm always going, here it is. This is how you do it. Like, right. look, here's the areas I'm struggling in. I'm still move, but I'm moving towards the goal. I have my eye on the prize. You should, you need to do the same. And this is how you do it. You know, um, go do it. Uh, and yes, you can do it, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. And I, so Jeff, I actually have a few other questions too, that people can just write down mm -hmm. and, and I want to encourage you. Don't just be like, as I'm reading it, be like, don't just answer the questions in your head, actually like write them down, mm -hmm. take time, maybe a few weeks, even um, but I believe that these are all like little tiny, like I, I, I call them like, is your Christianity working mm. like checklist? Um, cause this, <laughs> I know this sounds silly, but sometimes like we just go through the motions. Right. And uh -huh. like for, if for, especially those in full-time ministry, you can really think like everything's fine and dandy and not oh, yeah. realize like you're the furthest one away. Ish. Yeah. And so, um, so here are the questions and I'll just kind of go through them. Um, and there's just a few and you can write them down or whatever you need to do. Um, but the first one is, um, where are you abiding? And so obviously we know John 15, Jesus says, you know, abide in me and I, in you apart from me, you can do nothing. And I, I literally spent probably three weeks studying that one verse. Cause I was like, what do you mean? Like apart from you, we can do nothing. Like, I feel like you could, I see people doing things all the time. <laughs> like apart I from just you. made dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even talk to the Holy spirit and I made a bomb dinner, <laughs> Yeah, but, but I, I think obviously it, it goes to anything with eternal value, anything that brings life. And, um, I, I just, I've been really wrestling with this myself, even of like, where do I actually abide? Hmm. Meaning like when I, um, am going through something hard or something great, what's my like default response? Is That's it good. to turn to the Lord yeah. or is it to turn to my like own strengths or even my friends and family? Wow. And, and it's hard. <sighs> no, but... God's really speaking to me about that lately too. And it's all kinds of fun. And by fun, I mean, not fun. <laughs> all of this is not fun and fun. At right. The, same exact the end result is fun, but right. Um, and so the second question is, where does your hope come from? And obviously that's from scripture, but I think that it's something that the Lord asked me. So I literally was like laying on the beach in Mexico and uh, with my family and we're all playing on the beach, having a grand old time. And the Holy Spirit, if you ask him to search you, like he will, it will just be like while you're playing on the beach and it's interrupting your day. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I was just thinking about, you know, upcoming year, we have an election season coming up. 
just thinking about all of the ramifications that that will have in our nation mm -hmm. yeah. and just interceding about it, thinking about revival and um, obviously what happens in culture affects um, the body of Christ in a lot of ways. And so I was just praying and I felt like this little whisper from the Holy Spirit. And he said, Jesse, where does your hope come from? Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And it was like a little tiny heart check where I was like, oh man, do I totally believe that like my hope comes from you, Lord, creator of the heavens and the earth? Or does it come in certain results that I want to see happen in the government or, you know, um, in the business world and the marketplace and entertainment and all of that. And obviously we're called to intercede and to, um, I believe, be voices of advocacy for a lot of these different areas. But at the end of the day, um, where does, where is our hope found? Mm -hmm. And uh, I just felt like that was something that the Holy Spirit was confronting in me was that I can easily say, Oh, my hope is in Jesus. I totally trust Jesus. And then when things don't go my way, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. Food, rage, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then this next question is really going to disturb a lot of people, but I think it will be helpful. Um, but the Lord asked this question. And I think it's a really good one is um, where are areas that you are striving? Hmm. Bad striving, right? Bad striving. Yeah. And uh, essentially um, this is just an indicator where, and okay, especially for my prophetic friends, I feel like this is especially a question and a word for you um, because one of the challenges with prophecy and the prophetic is you can get a prophetic word and then you can sometimes feel this pressure of you need to make it happen. Oh, yeah. And and I, you know, I, I can't explain it, Jeff, but the last, I would say, four months just traveling and preaching um, I've talked to a lot of different people and it just feels like a lot of people, um, are having a hard time waiting upon the Lord. Hmm. And, um, I don't know what's happening in the atmosphere or what recently, but it feels like there's this temptation to just like stop waiting and just like make it happen. And it feels holy but you know that it's not. And here's how you know that it's not because you feel no peace about it and you're super stressed about it. Yeah. And so usually that's the fruit of striving and not the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> and then the next question I have is, um, where are you still wounded slash triggered? Mm. Meaning that um, something I recently shared. So I've been doing this course online with a bunch of women called Ardently. And uh, we were just talking about like trigger warnings and all that fun stuff and, you know, social media and all of that. And someone was like, yeah, you know, I actually can't even be on social media because it triggers me so much. And as soon as she said this, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I think you need to be on it then. 
and uh, which is an unusual thing. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, if there is an area where you're feeling triggered, it's showing an area that you're still lacking power. Mm -hmm. And the enemy still has maybe a small foothold in that area in your life. Because as a Christian, you're not meant to be triggered by anything. Now you could be passionate about things, but we, again, our hope comes from God, right? And our strength is in him. And so I just think like, especially when you read the New Testament, you're like, man, Paul like is in prison writing letters and like even being in prison, like he's not triggered. He's like, he's like, man, like I counted all joy and it's like nothing that they can do to him is working because it's like he just knows what he's doing and knows what he's about. And even like when they try to arrest him and he's like, actually, I'm a Roman and I don't know if you want to do that. Like none of the things that they try to do against him trigger him in any way. And I, I just think that we we need to get a little bit tougher um, in regards to what we believe and not just avoid things that trigger us, but maybe press into the things that trigger us for that deeper healing. Mm. Yes. Yes to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I have one last one. Okay. Um, and the last question is, is there any area of your life where you are still settling for powerlessness? Mm-hmm. Meaning that um, we know as Holy Spirit-filled believers that we should have dunamis power. And that dunamis power is, you know, it really is what brings the power of the gospel everywhere we go. And it confronts the darkness. You know, we should be casting out demons. Mm -hmm. We should be seeing people that are sick healed. And I just think that for many of us, Um, There are areas of our lives where we have settled and accepted our powerlessness. And I just want to encourage you, you know, if that's maybe if something's like coming to mind right now, maybe you're like, oh, man, I am pretty ineffective when it comes to sharing the gospel. And it's because I'm just not an evangelist. I just want to encourage you like that's a lie. Like you're being lied to because we're all called to preach the gospel with power. And we're all called to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're all called to cast out demons because we're all, if you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, right? If you've been born again, these are your guaranteed promises. And the main thing the enemy wants you to do is to believe that they're not for you. Yeah. Okay. So to that, Jesse. Yes. Obviously there are like fivefold offices, like they say, the office of a prophet, evangelist, all that stuff. And I do think that people have used that as like a, well, I'm not called. No, no, no. I'm not called to evangelist in Jesus name. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And, but we have the great commission, which in Paul, you know, we have like, Ephesians and Paul saying like desire all gifts, especially the gift of prophecy and like all these things. So all of these, all of these, um, giftings and these offices are, are, are in everybody, you know, to some measure, 
uh, in, in that we are called to go out and be Jesus' hands and feet and to do the, these things. But we use, I feel like I've noticed this a lot in the church, we use, because I'm not in, in the office of a prophet, that's my free pass to never prophesy. <laughs> or that's my free pass to never tell anybody about Jesus because it makes me want to go diarrhea. You know? <laughs> oh, Jeff, I did it. I was like, yeah. I was like, I am not a fivefold pastor. And so that's why I'm not going to get coffee with everyone because I'm just not pastoral like that. Yeah. And it's super exhausting for me. And it's like, no, you're being a selfish jerk. Yeah. And like yeah. that it's, that's not a fruit of the spirit. Right. And, and I was like using the fivefold pastor thing as to like why I had no time for anyone, but instead I was just being selfish mm -hmm. and I needed to be honest with, with myself that like I was being selfish. And I think that a lot of times, I mean, even if you really want to peel it back, like that whole Ephesians four thing, the whole fivefold thing is basically telling you like, you should be functioning in all of these things because these people are supposed to be equipping you to do all of them. And so those offices are so that you're like a killer evangelist and able to prophesy and to help establish the church and to be pastoral and to shepherd the lost sheep, right? And all this stuff and to be able to read the word of God and break it down, right? And it's like when you're around a, a five-fold teacher, all of a sudden you're like, man, I don't know anything about Romans. I probably need to like search this out a little bit more. But you don't think, well, I'm not a teacher, so I'll just never, I'll never understand Romans. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, again, and that's, I think it's weird because other nations, I feel like don't struggle with this as much. My husband always says, he's like, he's like persecution, like real persecution weeds out like a lot of the weirdness <laughs> because for us, we've taken the fivefold and we make it just positions and roles mm. versus, you know, if you talk to a fivefold evangelist or prophet in a country where you're going to be killed and persecuted, if they find out you're a prophet, they're not like throwing it on their business card. <laughs> prophet, such and such. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, but I do think it's the whole reason we have the fivefold ministry according to Ephesians 4 is to equip the saints. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and even to the whole thing of going out and and actually doing these things and not trying to find excuses not to do them. Even the other day, I was at the store and I was like a friend of mine, he was coming in from out of town. He was coming over. And so I like, I had run to the store to get something and I had to go. Like, I, and then I had ordered food at the same time at this Japanese restaurant. So like I went and I was like, I got to go over there and I, I have like a really tight schedule before he gets there and all this stuff. I'm like running around and I'm at the store and I see this lady in this sling and she's kind of like hobbling. And I just immediately, the Holy Spirit's like, I want you to go pray for her. I'm like, man, I oh, know I see, I got like stuff to do. And like, and I actually was like, I was like walking away and it was just like, and then I, I it was like, I really, I mean, the, the Lord hit me hard because I checked out, I was literally walking out and I just stop in the middle of the doors, like super busy. I just stop in the middle of the doors. And the Lord says, he, he's like, don't you want me to interrupt her day? And I was like, cause I was like, she's obviously in, in pain and, and having a hard time. And I was just like, Phew. and I just like, I was like, when you put it like that, I'm just being selfish, <laughs> you know? And so I, uh, and I, I like, I even looked at my watch and I had like all this time. And so like, I went and I like 
hunted her down in this massive store and found her and I prayed for her and she was super weirded out by it. <laughs> but like it planted, it obviously planted a seed. It was one of those moments where it just obviously planted a seed for her where I just prayed for her and, and, um, you know, she was super uncomfortable, but she said yes, you know, and, um, and she even was like, I said, Hey, look, I was like, I'm, I'm a Christian. I was like, I couldn't, couldn't, I was on my way out and the Lord told me to stop and couldn't come back and pray for you. I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking of, like, he wouldn't let me, wouldn't let it get out of my head. And she's like, what? And I was like, can I please pray for you? I would love to pray for you. And she's just like, pause. She's like, honestly, with the day I've had, why not? You know? Wow. And it was just like, and, and I didn't see anything manifest in that moment, but there were all these people in the aisle, like tons of people. I was like, I don't even care. Like I, I got rebuked from the Lord. I'm not, <laughs> but, but we need that. The lesson that is, the, to say with that is we need to be in a position of making ourselves available. Are we, are we prepared to have our world interrupted by the Lord to say, okay. Hey, go do that. So what if you're late, your friends, like, so what if your friend has to wait a couple of minutes, you know, like, right. You know what I mean? Um, if just, we put these little things and I've done that so much in my life of putting little things in the way of like, no, I gotta, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. That's <laughs> clearly more important than someone's salvation. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's just dumb. Yeah. It's funny. My, my husband's spiritual father, he always says this and it's, it's just so true. And he's like, when it comes to like the love and intimacy of Jesus, and when it comes to like moving in like dunamis power, like real power, he said, you know, it will all be found in the realm of inconvenience. <laughs> and it's so annoying, but it's so true because he even said, and so my husband's spiritual father was one of John Wimber's main disciples during nice. the whole Jesus people movement. Yeah. I mean, the guy has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of testimonies of the craziest miracles. Oh, sure. And so all the time we're like, and he like, he'll walk into a room and he carries the presence of Jesus in such a way where you just start crying. You feel God's mm. love for you. And I'm like, all the time, I'm like, how do you, how do you like, carry his presence in that way where like, cause that's what I'm like. I want that where, you know, you walk into a hotel and everyone's weeping cause the love of Jesus just spills out in the hotel. Right. And he goes, Oh, he's like, you live a life of being completely inconvenienced by God. Hmm. And he goes, I was on the way. He told us he was on the way to a conference with thousands of people. This was in the eighties and he was supposed to preach. And he felt this tap from the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I need to spend some time with you. And he ended up being 45 minutes late for when he was supposed to preach. Man. And he said he had one of the most radical encounters with Jesus in the hallway of his hotel. And he goes, and I almost missed it because I thought thousands of people were more important than him. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would have done that. Like, oh my goodness, yeah, that's that's not that's that, and that's like, but I again though I see that and I'm like, and I I, I see his character. I he's like in his seventies now, and um, I know the life that he's lived, and I want the fruit that he has, and yeah, I don't know if I'm totally willing to make the decisions that he's made, 
And I do think that a lot of us, we want more of Jesus's love. We want more, we want to encounter his presence, right? And we want to see miracles. You should want to see miracles. You should want to see demons come out of people. But when the Holy Spirit gives us that invitation, usually I think often he's testing to see if it is him that we really want. And I think even like with the story you shared, it was that little tiny thing of like, you know, God could have had you do that anytime when like maybe you're sitting on a park bench doing nothing. Right. But he's doing it when you have something else to do to reprioritize. Okay, Jeff, is is what I want still the most important. Yeah. And that's when that's when the rubber hits the road, though. Oh, man. (laughs) oh yeah it does yeah it does yeah you're like use me god in revival but i will not be late for my friend's birthday (laughs) right yeah or like gotta have me time you know like going home to watch my favorite tv show or going to do something dumb i don't know (laughs) go watch dune for the hundredth time yeah go watch dune for the hundredth time you know uh so, you know, it's just like allowing ourselves to be inconvenienced by people in need. And it could be, doesn't even have to be like an unsaved random stranger. It could be a friend totally. who's like, totally. I'm going through a rough time and you being like, okay, let's, but obviously boundaries are important. If you've got one of those, <laughs> y'all know them, those people who are like, <laughs> You know, you give an inch, they take a mile kind of, you know, like they oh, obviously totally. have something else going on. I'm talking about a normal garden variety person who's for the most part healthy, you know. Um, but uh, so please don't take what I'm saying. And go, well, Jeff said I have to, no matter what, I have to stop and I feel very overextended. I have to now. quit my job because my needy friend needs right. me all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please don't. Please I don't. officially quit because Jeff said <laughs> Jeff said I need to be available for people, you know, so but I just think like putting ourselves in that position of being like, yeah, I'm tired, but really seeking the Lord and be like, is this something that you actually want me to do? And he could say yes. And and you're right. like, man, like I'm I'm pretty beat right now, but like, OK, Lord. And, and, and not even look, even that right there is an act of faith knowing that, okay, number one, he's calling you to it, to do this thing, to be there for your friend or, or whatever, um, talk them through something, stepping out in faith in that, knowing that he's going to supply what you need or what you feel like you're lacking, like that it it is an act of faith. And it's just like, guys, we know what the Bible says about faith. All right. So like, these are good things that we're doing and, and we get in the, it's, it's about shifting our mentality too, of like, you know, I need to do this thing because, you know, um, so yeah. It's funny. I didn't share this, but on the top of my notes for today, I wrote this and then I didn't say it, but I think you just, you're kind of alluding to this, but I just wrote, um, in faith, we need to not accept reality for what it is. This is the territory where we need to press in for deeper revelation. We need to grow in belief without faith. We absolutely cannot fulfill the things God is calling us into. If prayer is the seed for revival, then faith is the soil. Yeah. And I, I think that as you're sharing that, Jeff, I really just feel like the Lord is wanting to stretch our capacity. Mm. Um, when it comes to faith and belief, And again, that's going to happen 
um, in the most inconvenient times. And something that I've been saying to our leaders even is um, we didn't host any like outreaches this summer. And I said, so how many, how many times have you guys shared the gospel this summer? And I said, are you becoming too inclined to only share the gospel during outreaches? Whoa. Yeah. Or are you becoming sensitive to the tapping of the Holy Spirit? Because, you know, if we start to equate evangelism just to outreaches and revival events, then we, we miss the whole spirit-led life, which is the, the day-to-day life that we should be living. That's the goal. And that's the goal. Not the, 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 the harvest at an event is the fruit. Is that the is, fruit. That's the fruit. It's not, that's not the goal, you know? hundred percent. Jeez. 100%. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Well, Jesse, I would love for you to pray for people for that. I Absolutely. just feel this hunger. Um, and yeah. God really, really wants to spark something in um, many hearts today. Yeah, God, I just thank you so much that um, I, I just feel like there's this like bedrock of faith that you're trying to build up, mm-hmm. especially in this generation. And so God, mm-hmm. um, I, I thank you that, you know, if we're saved, the reason why we're saved is because of faith in you. And it it says in Ephesians 2, 8, for it is by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. And so I pray right now that that gift of faith that has already been deposited into us, I pray that we would not, um, diminish it in any way, but I pray that we would stir it up, um, that we would just not be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word and not just during an outreach or during Sunday, but I pray that we would become so sensitive to the leading of the Holy spirit that, um, even if you're wanting us to rearrange our schedules to just spend more time in your presence, God, that nothing, there would be no idol in our life, um, whether it's a friend's birthday or um, something that seems good, but it's not what you're doing. I pray that you would just um, reorient our focus, God. And I pray for every single person listening. I just really feel like um, all of that apathy and dryness and like just kind of like going through the motions and this feeling of just like going through your day-to-day Christian life, I just like break that mm. off of you now in Jesus' name. Jesus. I pray kind of like what we were sharing about earlier. I pray that you become obsessive in this discovery of the person of Jesus, mm. that you would just feel like this burning hunger. And right now, if you're like, man, I want to be hungry but I don't feel like I'm hungry. I feel like I just don't care. I just right now want to encourage you just to say to the Lord, like Holy spirit, like increase my hunger, like Mm -hmm. burn a fire in me, like help me to care more about the things that you care about, like remove that apathy, remove the death and any area that I've been deceived or any area where I've settled for some kind of status quo religion, God, I just right now just yield that now to you in Jesus Mm -hmm. name Mm -hmm. and Holy spirit. I just believe that through your word 
through movies. I, I just see a lot of you. You're going to start watching movies and they're non-Christian movies. And the Holy Spirit is just going to start to speak to you through the movies. I mentioned Dune earlier mm -hmm. because I had the wildest encounter with the Holy Spirit watching Dune. Dude. And I was on my face, like crying out to God, watching Dune. And I'm not saying <laughs> that you need to go watch Dune, but I'm just saying God will use anything, all of creation declares the glory of God. And I just released you right now that you would feel him, see him and know him in everything that mm. you're doing. Mm. Amen. Amen. Boom. That was so good, Jesse. Um, how can people follow you? You got stuff on the horizon. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously you can go to Instagram at jesse.green. Um, and then I'll have to give you our new website, but I have a new website, which is jesse-green.com. So that's jesse-green.com. We also have the greens.co and saturate global. Um, but, um, I'm doing a bunch of stuff for women in this next season. The Lord Sweet. just talking to me a lot about that. So yeah. you can find that all on those sites. Love it. Love it. Jesse green, everybody. Thank you so much, Jesse. Of course, you're the bee's thanks, knees. You're the bee's <laughs> knees. So everybody, have a blessed day. Tune in tomorrow, Thursday. We've got Kara Starnes back. You know it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. She's got something good. So that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We love you guys, and we'll see you then. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.